Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. After gathering some information from the guards of the Smelly Tent Tribe, our heroes head into the tunnels leading deeper underground. They aim to find and kill the Mind Flayers blocking passage into the Underdark, so the tribe can leave the area and resume their trade route. Along the passage, they find a dying goblin whose mind has been taken over by the Mind Flayer that speaks with them. It offers to barter and wants to hire the group for a job in exchange for payment, as well as leaving the area and the tribe alone. The job is to capture the two fiends in another tunnel known as Abishai, and those are the tiny dragons they've been warned about. But no one is interested in taking them up on this offer, and as the group turn to leave, the head of the goblin splits open to reveal a grotesque brain on legs that scampers away. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Obocrazy. I have some Jack Daniels and honey because it was on sale, because I haven't had it in forever, because it is lovely. And while it is in my giant D&D mug, I, I only have a little bit of it because I'm no longer able to drink very much without getting incredibly intoxicated, so I have to be very, very cautious. But it is lovely and delicious, and I love it. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is Barefoot Pink Moscato from California, described on the bottle as deliciously sweet, just like me. Aww. Is it deliciously sweet? Is it good? Barefoot's a very good um, brand of Moscato. I, I really enjoy it. It's not, it won't break the bank. It's a good time. It's a step above box wine. I'm not like a Moscato connoisseur, and I don't think that's what it's there for. I think it's just, you know, on the ready for when you've had a bad day and everyone's been chewing you out and you just need something that waiting there for you. It's like the night version of coffee. Don't worry, buddy. We'll get through this together. Eloquently said as always. You know who else is eloquent? Jonathan. Well, you all are, but John, I had to pick one of you. So Jonathan. <laughs> it's true, though. I can turn a fucking phrase. What are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Muscular. And tonight, I have William Wright Pinot Noir. It is uh, one of the Aldi wines that we ended up getting, and I had quite a bit of it last night during Game of Thrones, because that episode was a lot for those keeping track at home. It was episode two. So you know what I'm talking about when I'm laying it down. It was a lot. It was an episode. It was a lot. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot. And tonight's shot of Fireball, to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to some friends. We're going to be seeing in L.A. Kat and Brian, old Woo friends from Rooster Teeth days. Uh, they live out in L.A. They're always going to premieres. Yay! They've been to, like, 24-hour Avengers stuff, 24-hour, like, like Lord of the Rings stuff. And we are going to get to see them along with a lot of you at D&D Live coming up uh, the weekend of May 17th through 19th. Our schedule is yet to be determined. We are going to be there. We are going to have a stream of our own. And we are going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be great. Yep, and we will definitely be announcing when we know when when we know we can announce when our game is. Because I don't think that schedule is a hundred percent set yet. So we're gonna wait on that. But yeah, excited, excited, excited. Also excited for Bernie. What are you drinking? Um, I've got a local beer tonight. It is uh a grapefruit wheat, and I've been drinking it. 
for a little bit. I didn't wait to taste test it. <laughs> it's been an interesting, it's been like a good stressful week, but a stressful week. Um, this is from Beyond the Pale Brewing, which is local to Ottawa. It's called Pink Fuzz. It's really good. It's, it's, I highly recommend it. It's got kind of like a grapefruit to it, like they said, and I like a wheat beer. So, yeah. Also, I feel like our new um, goal should be to have Travancore try all the Moscatos and become a Moscato connoisseur. For instance, <laughs> I do know for a fact that, uh, what's her face? The rapper. Uh, Nicki Minaj has her own brand of Moscato, so I'm going to try to find that next time we're all together. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be in a month in LA. <laughs> Anybody in LA know where you can get Nicki Minaj's Moscato? Please direct us. Please at me. On this in particular, if you see somebody else has told me, you don't need to keep telling me. But... <laughs> Send it to the Dungeon Drunks account, and that way, mm-hmm. if we get multiple people telling us, yeah. it's not a big deal. Moscato King. <laughs> and on that note, to our final uh, friend and family member, Carlton, what are you drinking? I discovered something very, very dangerous, and it is a place <laughs> near my office that we just moved to that does boba tea. Nice. So <gasps> it is literally on my way home from work to home. Yes, that's how on the so way to good. home works. <laughs> uh, so I have a Thai milk tea, boba tea from Kung Fu Tea. Oh, oh. so good. Uh, so wait, good. did you say Kung Fu Tea? Mm-hmm. They're opening one of those in media. It's so good. Well, now I'm going to need, we're all going to need to find bubble tea places or we're going to need to have an episode where we all drink bubble tea. There's because one I approve of this message. Yeah. Okay. There's one close to us. The poke place on the other side of town that we like to go to now, they do boba tea now, and it's pretty dang good. I don't know of a place offhand, but I live in the greater Seattle area. <laughs> there is boba tea to be found. You can, you can find some. I'm pretty sure I can get some boba tea. You know what I can also get? A spooky trip through the Underdark for all oh, of you. Oh, right. This. Right. Yeah. So you are all headed down this creepy corridor passageway that keeps ending up on these landings where you see mortared stone out of the carved rock. You had recently encountered a group of goblins who had obviously fallen to the mind flayers that you've been hunting. You had a brief discussion with one of the mind flayers and then uh, no longer needing the body, the strange brain legged creature burst out and is currently scampering away up the tunnel back where you came can we still see it um it's kind of scampered off into the darkness because if you remember when you were coming down this way the the tunnel is curving and going down as you had moved away and started to move down to end the conversation essentially it scurried up and you can still hear it but you can no longer see it around the corner can i can jonathan the muscular try and identify that creature uh sure Give me, tell me how you'd like to identify it. I will accept multiple ways of doing this. Well, I feel like this is going to be in sort of the same, like, field as his Mind Flayer knowledge, even though it's clearly not a Mind Flayer. It's also clearly Mind Flayer adjacent. So I want to know if Jonathan the Magimuscular uh, uh, covered that particular chapter in Lords of Madness. Okay, so give me an intelligence check, and I'll I'll accept a... If you want to give me maybe a history check, since you're you're talking about your studies. I would appreciate history, and that'll be a 22. 
Ooh. All right. You know what this little creature is called. It's uh, usually called an intellect devourer. It's something that mind flayers make and uh, they go out and they implant themselves into the brains of host bodies and take them over and become thieves of those bodies. And yeah, those things are not fun. What you do know in specific, because there's that moment of panic as it scurries back the way you came, is that they're not very strong and they're not very fast and it's also there's no hiding it it's a giant brain on legs so you're pretty sure it's not headed in the direction of the full goblin uh smelly tent tribe because that would be dumb they would see it coming a mile away they'd be able to kill it long before it arrived they they usually come either in packs or hiding amongst other creatures or by surprise all right well those things are in place so uh eyes up everyone Jonathan the Magimuscular is, uh, well, he's scared. These things suck. So this thing scurries away. I'm having a hard time picturing the room because in my head we were just in like a room. Is it going back some hallway we didn't see before? Not a hallway we didn't see before. So you've been coming down a very large tunnel that okay. um, on a regular basis hits a landing that is formed a, a, a room-like area. Because the, the further into the tunnel that you go, the more the walls are morphing from natural cut rock to actual mortared stonework as though uh, you're slowly moving into ruins. Where you'd encountered these goblins who had been killed was one of these landings that was room-like. There's only the one passage, the, the, play, the way that you came, entering and exiting. There's no other way for it to go. Okay. I'm just going to detour for a second and sidetrack us. In my headcanon, I always pictured Intellect of Hours more of like Mind Flayer puppies. And like every year they have like a Westminster dog show for Intellect of Hours. That's the way oh, I always man. picture them in my head. <laughs> Ah yes, the the wrinkles on this breed are quite uh are quite uh quite noticeable, and and but this is all like this is all telepathy, like they're actually going. They're not even going. It's just silence. It's just utter <laughs> silence. Oh my god! Utter like, silence, that would be... and then applaud. Ah oh, yes, look at the slime dripping off of this one. Best in show. Best in show. Nothing. Yeah, the tentacles are applauding. Tentacles are applauding. They're like. <laughs> <laughs> what is the sound of one tentacle clapping? All right. Horror. It's horror. Yeah. Horror. Yeah. Anyways, that's my detracting moment of the night. Thank you for the levity. It is interesting to point out at this point that Rary's telepathic bond is still going. And so while you all are a little creeped out by the idea of complete silence coming from mind flayers who are talking telepathically, the group of you have been completely, mostly completely silent. Talking with telepathy. We're nothing if not hypocrites. <laughs> well, let's just uh I mean, we're going to hopefully be coming back this way, so we'll want to take these guys back to um back to their tribe just so they know what happened to them. They don't I mean, I'm I'm assuming they don't carry like dog tags or have like driver's license or anything that we can swipe to. You haven't searched, would you like to search? No. Yeah, let's leave them. We'll just bring them back when when we come this way. Yeah, okay. that was the whole thing was we thought this was a trap to begin with. I don't really want to touch them, honestly. All right, so you're going to continue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you continuing on stealthily, or have you picked up the pace at this point? I would uh, say we would continue stealthily. I mean, yeah. we might as well. There's no reason not to try. Like, they know we're coming, so... I mean, well, that's the thing. Is they know we're coming, so do we have to be stealthy, or do we 
with the knowledge that they know we're coming, do we try to be stealthy to still try to get the drop on them? I think I say Jonathan the Magimuscular feels that if nothing else, we should at least try. Because if we don't try and be stealthy, then then what if they aren't like listening, trying to listen with our minds? What if they are listening to their horrible little ears? You miss a hundred percent of the rolls you don't make. Do their ears have tentacles? Uh the older ones do. Yeah. You know how, how humans It's like ear and, hair? Uh, yeah, like humans get ear hair. Uh mind players get a uh, little Little tiny tentacles in there. Is that real or is this just you knowing that I know nothing about mind flares? Jonathan the Metrovuscular walks away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely in canon. Brady's like, do, do, their, do their ears get tentacles? And The other thing is, is if we go stealthy, then it might, if we're not stealthy, it might be easier for them to try to lay a trap on us because they'll hear us coming. Whereas if we go stealthy, then we might still be able to at least be a neutral ground. But we're still super stealthing, right? Did my pass without trace wear out at this point? That's ten minutes? It's an hour. Let me double check. Uh, I thought it was an hour. If it's an hour, it's definitely still going. If it's ten minutes, it's just about to run out. It's it's actually probably run out while you were having this discussion. Spells. Let's see. Pass It's going to run out after one more stealth check? No, no. (laughs) It's either done or you got plenty of time. up to an hour. Okay, then it is still going because it's only been about... 20, 25 minutes since uh, you left the Smelly Ten Tribe. For the audience, audio listeners out there, I want to point out the fact that Jules went off camera to burp and then put her head back in all slowly and smiled directly at us. Like I got oh. closer to the microphone. <laughs> she got closer to the microphone to burp and then put her camera directly in her face and smiled all cute like, yeah. Because, because priorities. Okay. It was well, hilarious. Okay. With all of that said, then I would like stealth checks. From everyone with the plus 10 for Travancore's Pass Without Trace. Huzray! With all that, Carlton, what do you? What was your stealth roll? With the Pass Without Trace, that'll be a 20. And Jonathan and Bucks? Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular gets a 28. And Bucks the Owl-Tascular once again gets a 22. And Bernie and Coco Snoop? Got a roll for Coco Snoop. Bernie got a 21 with Pass Without Trace. Thank you, Pass Without Trace. Coco Snoot will get, I think Coco Snoot has a plus one or two, so it's either a 16, 17, or 18. If does, would those matter in a difference for you? I would like to know because he's, on, okay. he's at the low end of the spectrum, so hmm. let's, why don't you find that out? Travancore, why don't you give me you and Shadow? 33 and 29. Okay. What's our final total for the Snoot? The Snoot. Can I just say that sounds like a... Like a- CW reboot of Baron von Kokoschus original series. <laughs> Just imagining that, like, uh, like what? in the '90s, it was Baron von Kokoschus. Yeah, but in the early 2000s, like 2005, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was the Snoot. Okay, so his Dex is a plus two, so it is an 18. Okay, good to know. All right, you continue down. You've been given instructions that the length of time it's going to take you that the smelly ten tribe is used to traversing this area it could take up to uh, an hour or so to get to where the the river is that denotes where the two split passages come back together they meet up with an underground stream and that there's another section of the ruins that that's where the mind flayers have set up camp so i'll say travancore you can tell two things coming up in the next few minutes as you continue down you don't hit anything else although 
as Travancore's keen senses and also the fact that his Pasola Trace is about to end all come at the same time, um, you do notice the stonework. It's it's now almost completely worked stone and walls. There is no more of the rough-hewn rock from the claws of a dragon. This is all the dwarven runes that you've been warned about. Travancore, just as the Passive Trace is about to go out, you hear the sound of running water. Ah, the underground river we were told about. Sounds like it. Travancore, you catch the, the sound of this. It sounds like a fast-moving, small stream to you. It does not sound like a river. It doesn't sound like a giant body of water, but it does sound like fast-moving water, which is why you can hear it, even though it sounds like it's fairly far away it's it's enough of a noise that it's bouncing off some rock and getting to you even though you're still in in this passage unable to see anything but the passage continuing travancore hopes this isn't p <laughs> that's a different game all right <laughs> and your passive trace does end at this point so either uh, you need to recast it oh and i'll say actually now that i'm double checking carlton you hear this too you hear this about the same time uh, I think also as uh, as the past without trace is ending, um, the true seeing is ending as well. So Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to flip down his goggles, uh, and now he can now he has low light vision. Okay, and he's gonna he's gonna pat himself, uh, find a find a pebble, and cast light on it and hold it in his hand. Sure. Would you like to continue? Yes. Or is there anything else you wanted to do? Do you guys want to continue stealthily, or do you think we just take our chances at this point? Well, I mean, the closer we get, the more likely they are to be on their guard. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's up to you. Like, they're, it's your spell, so... Travicor cast Pass Without Trace again. All right. And are you all going to continue, um, or are you all just continuing in the same order? Kind of Travancore and Carlton up front? Yeah. Others yeah. in the back? Okay. Give me, as you approach this body of water, one final stealth check, please. Okay. Got it. Okay. Got okay. It. D20 Dames is a storytelling podcast powered by D&D. Every other week, a group of adventuring ladies explore a fantasy world, beheading or befriending monsters and punching creeps. Ha <laughs> ha! 19. Definitely hits. Yes! Our podcast is 100% written, produced, and played by women. Are you okay if I'm not actively looking for your siblings, but I'm still with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just companionship. I mean, I'm not really expecting people to, like, delve into a dungeon for me or anything, but, uh... Maybe. I would delve into a dungeon for you, Riot. And Rose? Um, yes? I was rather mistaken about you. Aww. Y you don't have to be monstrous <laughs> to be extraordinary. Hear new episodes every other Tuesday. Subscribe to D20 Dames now on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wish you had told me, though, because then I could have given you a gift. Oh, it's a- oh, Carp, you know the only gift I want is your friendship. Misadventure awaits. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on Steam, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast. 
It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, Dice Camera Action, C-Team, Force Grey, and even more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest for the Steam version of the game to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on May 12th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. S-P-A-G-A-R-E-D-T-E-A-L-R-I-B-A. So use that code, and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Damn, Carlton. son. Uh, with that pass without trace, that'll be a 27. And Jonathan and Bucks. Jonathan the Magic Muscular gets a 29. Uh, Bucks gets a 30. Ooh, damn. Uh, damn, Bucks. Bernie and Coco Snoot. Uh, Bernie actually gets a 26 this time, and Coco Snoot gets a 29. Nice. And Travancore and Shadow. Super glad I re-upped that spell, 23 and 26. Awesome. All right. You continue down these now-worked stairs. It's starting to curve off to the right as it goes down again, and you don't see any light, per se, but you notice movement at the very edge of your vision, and you can now see the the fast-rushing... It's almost a creek. It's very small. Barely off of your low light vision, you can see it rushing from to your right to your left as the passageway opens back on up into a very large cavern. And this seems to be a, a nexus of a couple of things. You can the passage that you're coming to basically ends in this cavern. The little creek itself cuts through. And while it's coming from under the rocks to the right, you can see as it moves across to your left, it's going into another passage of a similar size that once again is, it starts as walls as though you're in these ruins and is now starting to fade back into regular stone caverns. To your right, on the far side, just as you're kind of peeking out of this tunnel, you see another exit way that seems to be leading back up the way you came past the stream uh you notice some more movement but it's hard to make out it's uh the stream itself is about 70 80 feet away from you and then this is very faint movement beyond that and uh even those of you with dark vision it's it's past your vision it's just gone completely black but you do you do sense a few things as though there there are creatures beyond the water bernie's gonna ping everyone and say um i mean can we send bucks yeah and i go i look at bucks and like and i give him a nod bucks nods back and uh he he starts he starts flying and he tries to make an arc around these things whatever they are like give them give them a bit of uh Give him a bit of leeway, but also try and like come around a little bit closer. Jonathan the Mad Muscular is going to stop. He's going to put his hand on uh, on Travancore as his eyes go, and he sees through Bucks' eyes. Okay, 
Does that end when you hit the 100 feet away from you, or does that continue? I believe that ends uh, with 100 feet. Okay. All right. So using Bux's stealth, he he starts off flying to the left, kind of hugging the wall on silent owl wings. He flies over the water, and he can now see it's a very shallow, very fast-moving underground creek. It's going to be nothing for you all to just jump over it. But it is fast enough moving that you're able to hear it from quite a bit away, making quite a bit of noise, actually. As he wings around, just before he hits 100 feet, so I'll let you decide at that point what he does, this is what he sees. He flies over the creek. He notices that this large cavern about another 10 to 20 feet past the creek narrows again into what looks as though it's the interior of a building. So all of these mortared walls and dwarven ruins that you've been seeing have now coalesced into what, for all intents and purposes, is just a large room in a any kind of dwarven fortress. It's easily 50, 60 feet in depth. And fairly featureless as far as the stonework goes, but there are several creatures that Bucks can see. Uh, the first thing he sees are three hulking minotaur. They look mangy and glassy-eyed and are standing just about 100 feet away. They're approximately 100 feet away, uh, standing between where the cavern closes in to this regular size room. And Jonathan, what you're able to notice through Bucks's eyes is not only do they look mangy and disheveled and glassy eyed, but they're just kind of standing lax. And you're unsure if they're drugged, if they're, they don't look undead. They don't look like they're emaciated, but they, they definitely look way more placid than you would expect creatures that are usually filled with brute strength. Behind them, in this room, looks like a small laboratory has been set up. There are wooden tables and chairs along a couple of the walls. There is a large stone slab that on top of it are two or three books. And Back behind all of that, easily about 120, 130 feet, you do see a couple of illithids. This is the first time you've ever seen them. And you're not sure if it's through because it's through Bucks's eyes or if it's because the images don't do the, the pictures and the descriptions in the books don't do them justice. But they seem lankier and taller and they're wearing robes and there is no noise in the room except for the occasional movement of their robes as they just kind of glide over to a side. And just before Bucks hits the 100 feet mark and you tell me what he's going to do next, give me a perception check for Bucks. Whew. Good job, Bucks, and your uh, super perception. Uh, that is going to be 16. Let me double check that, though. Sure. Has Jonathan shared with us any of yes. this? Is this kind Jonathan of like... the Magimuscular has been like kind of giving a running description of what Bucks is seeing over the call. Kind of like when you put your 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 
you plug your your laptop into the TV. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so perception, it is going to be a fifteen. Okay. Just as he's reaching that point, and where you're going to have to make a decision if he's if he's going to go continue closer alone or wing around, you notice or he notices that these both these mind flayers they're completely robed and like with a hood and everything it's only because one of them has turned to face the minotaur that you can see that the purple tentacles that you can see the the large alien squid like eyes that you can see them floating kind of in a in a very unnatural way across the stonework of this dwarven ruin and it's got a book in its hand bucks can't quite see what the book is but it is turning the pages and with with that role he can tell that the this creature is turning the pages very fast whether it's scanning incredibly quickly or because of a speed that is trying to find something you're unsure uh so i need to know at this point is bucks getting closer or is he going to wing around and come back he's going to uh wing around and come back and because he doesn't feel like he's been seen. So I think that he he would feel like this is the advantage we need. So he comes back. And as he comes back, Jonathan the Mad Muscular has relayed all of this that, you know, one of them looks to be studying, but very fast. And uh, this they might be distracted at the moment. But they are in a small place. I think I can still get one with a fireball. I can I think I can put a fireball into their laboratory and blow it up. The Minotaurs are going to be a problem. So, Carlton, Shadow, Travancore, you guys bring, you know, make sure they don't get to us. I can, I, I'm just going to be lobbing fireballs at the, uh, at the Elithids. Uh, Bernie is, let me make sure I have this correct. Okay, good. Bernie is going to, uh, surreptitiously walk over and, uh, touch the back of Carlton or yeah Carlton's knee and cast enhance ability. Does enhance ability require a verbal component? Yes. Then I need you to roll another stealth check, please. Oh guys, it's worth it though. I hope. Do we still have do we still have the thing? Pass without oh. trace, yes. Cause he Okay. That's a twenty one. Okay. That's the spell that gives uh advantage to checks, right? Yes. Well, no. Oh, hold on. Are saving throws and checks the same thing? We're gonna no, no, no well, they are not. Shit. Saving throw would be the thing. If if you get attacked, you make a saving throw. Check is usually something you do yourself when you're trying to do something. That's the difference. Then we are not going to cast enhance ability. Damn it! I was reading this as saving throws. I mean, if you wanted to, and if you're trying to do this to keep my mind from getting yeah. uh, eaten, bless would be the one that you would yeah, want to do. Yeah, I'll just cast bless. Bless is. I think I can grab all of you guys with bless. It's also verbal. But you already made the roll. I'll I'll say that you it was bless instead of so you don't yeah. have to roll again and again and again. Sorry, it's we're a little distracted. Um <laughs> so we're going to bless up to three creatures, but we're gonna cast bless. How many people do we need to bless? Oh Lord Almighty. Five. Five. Yeah, all all the humans and then shadow. We're also gonna bless my dog. That's six. First level it would get three at second. It would get four at third. It'd get five at four. It'd get six. That's that would be the math. Yep. 
That That's a math I gotta do every doing. time. Course level. <laughs> I was literally about to bring up my cleric and then just scroll down to our fourth level thing on D&D Beyond where it just tells you how many it is. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I love D&D Beyond so much. We do. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's gonna very quickly, like, cast Bless on everybody since she feels like shit's about to pop off. Yeah, and I'm gonna open with a fireball on those two assholes. And that's that's who I'm gonna be targeting. Can we sneak up to within 30 feet, do you think? No. Or to within 40 feet? No, because okay. those uh, minotaurs are too close. You could sneak probably... No, I mean sneak... within 40 feet of the minotaurs. Maybe. It depends. I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't know what's happening to them. I don't, I don't know. Let's do this then. If I can get off Dawn, because uh, its range is a lot shorter than Fireball, then I can probably put my first Dawn on, uh, on the minotaurs and then, and then throw a fire, start throwing fireballs. As long as I'm up, I'm not going to stop throwing fireballs. I'm going to de- I I'm going to destroy that lab and whatever they're doing. And Jonathan the Magimuscular didn't say that in third person. <laughs> well, so that's a plan. Uh, bless everyone. Uh, one, two, three, break. Yeah, let's let's try and sneak up. We'll get as close as we can, and uh, we open up on the Minotaurs, and then uh, yeah, switching it up a little bit just because I need to get off Dawn once, and then I can start moving it around, but. I want to get it going as soon as possible that way. Maximize. Still using first person, not first person. Okay, so are you moving first or is Jonathan kicking it off with a spell first? Uh, we're going to try and move first, I think. Okay, how close would you like to move? I would like to try to get as best as I can to try to get within 40 feet of the Minotaurs. Are you the only one moving or are there other people moving as we're, well? I'm, uh... We're going to, I think we're going to try and move as a, as a group. As we're a group is. You guys are going to always space, back. Yeah, yeah. Space, out, space ourselves out, because they might have fireballs too. And then, Bucks, you stay around where we are right now and cover our rear. We don't want any of those intellect powers coming up behind us. So hide yourself, and you'll be our eyes behind us. All right. So I need you all to move up to where you'd like to be, and then I need everybody to roll stealth checks. All right. I need everybody to roll stealth checks. All right, dice gods, do not fail us now. We'll do right there. Ooh, that's a lot of elevens. Uh, oh, we got past without trace still. If we're within hey. a certain range of yeah. Travancore. Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah, we did okay. We did okay. Uh, yeah. It looks to me like I'm assuming that you all are being careful about staying within thirty feet of him. You're very well aware of what that is, and so you're all within thirty feet of Travancore, so you would get past without trace. Yep. Okay. Cool. Unless some of one of you says that you have not, that you've wanted to move out of that, in which case you don't get the plus 10. I'll leave it up to you to decide. Uh, no, this works for me. I'm in 30 feet. Okay. I need to hear those numbers. Uh, where did that... I just lost one of the things I need. Carlton. 21. And Jonathan and Bucks? Jonathan the Muscular gets a 31, and Bucks gets a 14. I'm sorry, uh, 16. And... Bernie and Coco Snoot. Uh, Bernie gets a 25, Coco Snoot gets a 21. And Travancore and Shadow. 29 for the Ambassador General of Perconum and 18 for the Bear of the Ambassador General of Perconum. Okay. The what now? The Bear <laughs> of the Ambassador General. Remember like a while ago, Travancore renounced his Viceroy Glamour title and decided to be an right, ambassador right. I instead? Just, I don't remember the, the new title. You oh. could be the DCM of the Embassy. <laughs> you could be the Cultural Attaché. Coach. Ooh, like in uh, the birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you wow, want. Wow, uh, 
I'm drinking to the birdcage reference. More on brand than one might think. That's that's amazing. You all move It's such a good movie. It It is. It's a great movie. I should rewatch it. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. You will be doing yourself a favor. (laughs) It's a much happier movie than what's going on right now. Okay. You all move up. It is... It is very easy to move. There is very little in the way of debris. There's just a quick hop for those of you who are going over the, the, the tiny little creek. The good thing is there's nothing blocking your path. The sad news is there's really no cover. It is a giant open cavern. You can now all see, mo- you can see the Minotaur. Travancore, you have dark vision? Yep. Okay. You can just barely see the Mind Flares. Just barely. Because of how far away they are, because dark vision only does so much, and the room that they're in, I've I've drawn a couple walls on the map just to show where the cavern walls end, and then this room begins, so that you have an idea of where the minotaurs are and everything. As you move up, the all three of the minotaurs in uneerie unison, they go from being kind of slack and. St- staring off into the middle distance to suddenly standing up straight and staring right at several of you. Well, one of the mind flayers, the one that's a little further away and to the left, starts to cast a spell. Uh, I wish we could say surprise. Anybody surprised here? I'm not surprised. This is all in the call, by the way. The one in the back in a moment casts Something that causes... Are you going to try a counterspell? You're not yep. within... Gonna... Are you within... Was it 60 feet? Oh, fuck. No, I'm not. I'm barely out of range, I think. Yeah. A shimmering barrier suddenly appears around this mind flare. It's almost a globe around it in a 10-foot sphere. And it completely encases it and the book it is carrying, and part of the table. And it looks over, as it does this, the second one looks over at it silently, and then we can all roll initiative. Uh, Lauren, are we surprised or no? Like, nobody, mechanically. Nobody is surprised. Okay, this is not just because su- I have that new ability where it, uh, I can negate surprise. Thou art not surprised. Sorry. Just it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our artifact and wondrous tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.